0: Hey, history enthusiasts, you get not one, but two events in history today. Heads up that you also might hear two different hosts, me and Tracy V. Wilson. With that said, on with the show.
1: Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's January 19th. The NECA riots, also called the NECA insurrection, started on this day in 532. This riot started during a chariot race. And, of course, chariot races were really popular forms of entertainment in ancient Rome. They were very high stakes and could be deadly. Crashes and other accidents happened all of the time. And a lot of charioteers started out enslaved. They were doing this really dangerous stunt, almost, to try to elevate their status and get out of the position that they were in. Also, part of the world of chariot racing were teams with extremely devoted fans. At first, there had been four. They were color coded the greens, the blues, the whites, and the reds. But by the time Emperor Justinian came to power in 527, there were only two left in the Byzantine Empire the greens and the blues. The Hippodrome in the Byzantine capital of Constantinople was home to intense chariot races, even though by that point the sport's popularity had really waned elsewhere, and the rivalry and the tension between the greens and the blues was just enormous. The violence and friction between these two factions probably wasn't just about the chariots. Historians have tried to figure out class, and religious divisions among the Greens and the Blues as well, although some of that is still being figured out. Regardless, though, there was just a lot of violence, including massacres, in this rivalry between the Greens and the Blues During the reign of Emperor Justinian, things were really turbulent. His tax advisor kept raising taxes to raise the money to support Justinian's ongoing wars. He was trying to get back territory that he had previously lost. And, of course, all these tax increases were really unpopular. Also unpopular was his empress, Theodora. She was from the working class and had been an actress. Often, her role as an actress is described as being more like a courtesan, although most of the information we know about her is from people who hated her. So we might want to take some of the things they said with a grain of salt. In addition to the fact that she was from the working class, she also just refused to act like a proper empress. She was supposed to be submissive to her husband, And instead, she took a really active role in the empire. And she was also passionately for the blues. This was because her father had been a bear handler affiliated with the greens. After he died, suddenly her mother went to the greens for help and they ignored her. It was the blues who were finally able to find her new husband a job. So Theodora, understandably, had a lifelong loyalty to the blues. And having an empress be for the blues made the greens really angry. On January 10th, there had been a fight between the Greens and the Blues, and after this fight, seven men were arrested and sentenced to death. Justinian really wanted to clamp down on this violence and make sure there wasn't going to be ongoing rioting among the spectators at this chariot races. But during the execution, the scaffold broke just as the last two men were supposed to be hanged. People in the crowd got these two men away from the execution site and hid them in a church. One of the men was a green and the other was a blue. At the next race, on January 13th, the crowd kept shouting for the emperor to free these two men on the grounds that God had already spared them by causing the scaffold to break. It was really typical for people to shout out their demands to the emperor during the chariot races. This was really part of what they were for. But Justinian didn't want to back down. So as the races went on, the crowd became more and more vocal and got angrier and angrier and the emperor just refused To budge, after the 22nd race of the day out of 24, the two factions of the blues and the greens gave up their division. They started shouting together, long live the merciful blues and greens. And then they started shouting Nika, Nika, Nika over and over. That basically meant win, 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 or victory, victory, victory. The crowd turned on the emperor and the emperor and empress fled the hippodrome. And these two factions, now united together, poured out of the Hippodrome and started just laying waste to the city, setting buildings on fire, calling for a new tax advisor and a new emperor. This went on for five days. The rioters named a new emperor and put him on the emperor's throne at the Hippodrome on January 19th. Justinian at this point was prepared to flee Constantinople entirely, but his wife Theodora shamed him into staying, saying purple is the noblest winding sheet. In other words, if you die, at least you would die royalty. There was not really any kind of law enforcement in Constantinople, but at this point Justinian gathered members of the military who had no allegiance to either the green or the blues, sent them to the Hippodrome where the blues and the greens were gathered, trapped them in there and massacred almost 30,000 people. The emperor and empress regained control of the city and they started rebuilding. Some of the buildings that are still landmarks today were built during this time, but chariot racing really started to fall out of favor. Thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on this show. You can subscribe to This Day in History class on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you get podcasts. And you can tune in tomorrow for an infamous inauguration. Hello,
0: everyone. I'm Eves. Welcome to This Day in History class where we take a tiny bite of history every day. The day was January thirteenth, 1874. A riot started in Tompkins Square Park in Manhattan after police overran a demonstration of thousands of unemployed people. Tompkins Square Park was constructed in the 1830s in the neighborhood now called East Village. It was built to encourage urban development in the area. The city and local landowners thought that surrounding districts would expand with the construction of the attraction. But a financial crisis hit the United States that spurred a recession, and the area did not become a haven for grand homes as the city imagined. Thousands of people, many immigrants, moved into Manhattan, and the east side became home to many working-class people. By 1860, improvements had been made to the park, including walkways, trees, and fences. But beyond its use as a place of recreation, Tompkins Square Park was also an important place of assembly. In 1849, the Astor Place riots made their way to Tompkins Square. In 1857, workers gathered in the park to protest their poor living conditions and the lack of relief from promised public works projects. The demonstrations at Tompkins Square Park were not an anomaly. As a population grew and cultural groups clashed in New York City, riots and demonstrations became more violent. The park was also a site for military drills, musicals, literary events, and organizational meetings throughout the 1860s and 1870s. But protests in the park continued. The Tompkins Square Park riot took place in the wake of the Panic of 1873, a financial crisis that triggered an economic depression. The working-class people in the city were unemployed and facing hardships. They needed jobs, and they said that the charity programs they were offered were not enough. They wanted extensive public works programs. So they formed the Committee of Safety in New York City and tried to arrange meetings with city officials. But their attempts were unsuccessful, so they decided to organize a march from Tompkins Square Park to City Hall. There, they would demand the mayor to establish a public works program. But in the end, the committee decided to just have a meeting in the park. But the night before the meeting, at the request of the police, the Department of Parks revoked their permit to assemble. Still, more than 7,000 workers showed up at the park on January 13, 1874. Police on horseback stationed at the site charged into the demonstration, beating the protesters with their nightsticks. Many of the demonstrators fought back. The rest of the day, rumors about the riot spread across New York. One, for example, was that immigrants were planning to burn down schools, so some were placed under police protection. Dozens of people were arrested for their involvement in the riot, and the unemployment movement lost steam. Though the paper, the New York Sun, published stories on the unjust treatment by the police in City Hall, the New York Police continue to maintain a tight watch on progressive political organizations. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully, you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you know you already spend too much time on social media, spend some of that time with us at T D I H C podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We also accept electronic letters at this day at iheartmedia.com. Thanks for going on this trip through history with us. We'll see you again tomorrow with another episode.